raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Tony Katz. This is Kendall and Casey. The Amber and Nigel Show. All right, well, when does your show start? Do we know? I feel like I've been promoting this for nine years now. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome to the Tony Kinnacast here on 93 WIBC. That's 93.1 FM out of Indianapolis and the live streams, the podcast, a lot of great place to catch the content from this show. I'm happy to be back with you after a week in Nashville at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference and a lot of stories out of there that are definitely going to be interesting to some of you guys at least. Well, It's time that we reset our brakes and gas pedals with a fundamental truth, because the polls continue to sink for President Joe Biden, and they continue to rise for former President Donald Trump. And that has a lot of pundits scratching their heads, their bums, uh, their knees, um, perhaps a bunion here and there, because they're saying, well, Trump's out there saying stupid stuff at rallies. And, and, and after all, uh, voters are worried about abortion and voters are worried about fascism and Russia and all this. Why is Trump continuing to rise while, while our wonderful super duper Biden is, is continuing to sink? And these are questions openly asked now at the Washington Post, at uh, the New York Times and the L.A. Times, as well as many other outlets around the country. And the truth of the matter is, to start things off, that... Uh, There's a reality everyone in the country understands that's not working in media. There's a fundamental truth that the average person out driving home from work right now, or perhaps on their second shift at Nestle or Honda or Draper, understands a little bit more than the Ivory League suburbanite who uh, spent all day writing uh, liberal left-leaning articles. And that is that Biden's memory and gaffes are crippling him in the polls and Trump's stupid comments at the rallies are old news. Why? Why Why? is, is this going to be the theme of this election season? Well, there are realistically two reasons. Number one, people do not take what Trump says at rallies seriously unless you work in media. And I've had this argument with some of my friends and colleagues here at WIBC that a lot of them are really frustrated when Trump gets up and he says something at a rally that may not be the most perfectly timed thing or maybe a sarcastic joke or he may say something that may perhaps be unwise and then there are lectures that follow on the airwaves on TV and on the internet and oh, how could he say such a thing? The average voter does not care. They don't take Trump seriously when he gets up at the stump and starts rattling off like an entertainer. They, they don't. The average voter does not care. And by the way, is this an, an endorsement for when Trump says something that I don't like? Absolutely not. But people know that Donald Trump is not a Russian puppet or a dictator or whatever. That thing they spent his entire first term trying to prove ended up being hot garbage. And what people actually realize is that if Trump gets elected again, he's going to appoint individuals who are going to make the economy better and the border safer. That's it. That is what the average voter cares about because that's what impacts the average voter. Trump's first term and Biden's first term. That's what's on the ballot here. Biden has to conjure up a magical fantasy of what Trump's second term is going to be like. Trump only has to say Biden is going to give you more of what's going on right now. 
So Biden has to paint this crazy, insane vision that he got high up on the mountain that that Trump's going to institute Mussolini, Hitler, Putin land. And it's going to be Handmaid's Tale and women are going to be corralled into pens and and immigrants are going to be shot at the border. And oh, no, the the terror of it all. It's going to be evil and they'll poison our crops and ruin our water supply and all other kinds of nonsense. Trump, all he has to do is point at Biden and say, hey, look at the border. Look at the economy. Look at the international situation. Number two, in 2020, Biden ran as the kindly, wise, calm, and rational centrist slash 90s labor Democrat. And his entire thing was going to be reuniting the nation and finding goodness in everybody. And he ran on always being in control and never shifting the blame. Remember, a very buck stops here kind of campaign. I'm not going to blame anyone for things that happened in my administration. He's the return to normal candidate. He, he, everything's going to go back to the way it was pre-2016. And um, the issue with that claim is that he hasn't been. He, he wasn't that guy in his first term. He got into office and he ran the country basically by executive order fiat. And it was insane. The economy is in absolute shambles. The border has been kept open by Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and now is hurting almost every American where they are. We're going to talk about that in the second segment. The international stage is an F5 tornado, which is filled with soggy trash and used urinal cakes. We have never been closer to World War III than with the Biden administration. And everyone's starting to remember, yeah, remember in the Obama administration when when Biden uh, didn't do anything for the world situation there either, and, and, and Putin invaded Georgia and Crimea, remember that in the Obama administration? And then Trump took office, and Trump said, uh, if you mess with the United States or allies or even our political interests, which is more of what Ukraine is, uh, then he'll tweet a picture of an American flag as he is shoving a JDAM missile through your front window. That's pretty good foreign policy. Americans seem to prefer that because you know what? They don't have to worry about foreign policy. Remember how Trump was going to cause World War III and he's going to accidentally touch the nuclear football when trying to order a Diet Coke, that whole MSNBC shenanigan. Now Biden can't even lift a briefcase. Not to mention the fact that Jill Biden has to tell the president uh, when he has or hasn't taken a photo with her. It was about a half an hour before that event uh, took place. So if the president isn't in control and he's mentally declining so rapidly that no one can even believe it. I, we've shared so many clips on the show of President Biden in, in 2016 and in 2012 versus what he's like right now. I mean, to say there's a stark difference is an insult to the, the adjective stark. It's like Tony Stark levels of stark different. It's insane. And it just keeps getting worse. Here, here's President Biden uh, trying to quote Abraham Lincoln. Get a load of this. And you know, uh, stand here in front of this portrait, the man behind me here, he, uh, he said, and I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right. He said, we, the better angel, he said, we must address the council uh, and address the better angels of our nature. And we, do, and we do well to remember what else he said. He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. So um, that's the president of the United States, who was, by the way, not trying to conjure up or recall a quote, which, by the way, I, I paraphrase quotes on air all the time and I get them wrong. There's going to be an interview later on in the show in which I said a Facebook page 
for a grassroots campaign of Attorney General Rakita, and it's actually an Attorney General or a page for Curtis Hill. And I got that mixed up in an interview with Rob Kendall. Everyone has brain farts. That's normal. The president is trying to read a quote from a piece of paper. So Democrats hope that Biden could just read the teleprompter and cling to that like dear mother's milk throughout this election cycle is gone. Biden can't even read anymore. In the same speech, he's mixing up Z and Putin, two of the greatest adversaries to the United States geopolitically. No wonder Putin got up in front of the international press and said very clearly that he preferred Biden to win the next election because he loves kicking the United States in the rear geopolitically. So all Biden has left in this entire election is telling everyone that Trump is going to institute super fascist land, which he didn't do in his first term. It's kind of a hard sell to make. And all anyone is going to remember is that everything was fine during Trump's term in office. And oh, yeah, now Ronna McDaniel is leaving the RNC. The, there was a very good reason for the Democrats to be in the most insane fear crisis in all of history. And it's hilarious to watch because they have created the villain that is destroying them. They're going after every single asset that Trump has. And at this point, Trump genuinely doesn't need to campaign. He, he, he should, especially to the swing states. But at this point, Biden is not going to be able to get even the long dead voters of Chicago to the polls. It is for sure one of the greatest political marvels of our time. Up next, we're going to be talking about the more border details that are developing and the media's refusal to cover them. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Tony Kinnacast here on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Tony Kinnickast here on 93 WIBC. I'm Tony Kinnett. I really want to give a hearty thanks to the three dudes who I always call on to fill in while I am away. Uh, those being Jerry Lopez, otherwise known as Indy Spanglish. He usually does awful tweets with me here on Thursdays. Stephen Kent, uh, who does What You're Watching with me on Tuesdays. And Ethan Hatcher. Um, who I'm usually seen arm wrestling on the east side of Indianapolis at 2 a.m. every other Saturday. So uh, there's a little bit of an issue that we need to come to terms with as a culture in the United States because it's not getting any better. Now, you would think, given the media coverage, that the border crisis has been, you know, all completely solved, other than, you know, someone on MSNBC occasionally saying that, you know, Texas Governor Greg Abbott's such a big meanie pants for, you know, stringing up razor wire at places where it is dangerous for individuals to cross that aren't legal uh, points of entry. Uh, but there are a few more significant issues in the United States uh, regarding the border than just a little bit of razor wire in Texas, mainly that gang members uh, from Venezuela, 
from Colombia, from Mexico, uh, not to mention a bevy of other Central and South American countries have been waltzing across the border, having a brief conversation with immigration and customs, saying things like, oh, it's it's dangerous for me to stay in my home country. The guy's like 25 in good physical condition, and he's caught and released into the country with, you know, some kind of a migrant court case in a reasonably close year, like 2047. And then the Venezuelan or the Colombian or the Mexican 25-year-old male then goes to uh, college campuses and murders American citizens. Um, So a nursing student in Georgia was killed after being released by Border Patrol and Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Uh, the same organization that Biden said he was going to uh, reduce the number of deportations for, by the way. Um, not to mention the Venezuelan gang members who assaulted uh, New York City police officers and then got out with a zero dollar bail. Um, not to mention the Colombian gang members who assaulted people in Nebraska. Not to mention uh, the individual who was a fugitive from Mexico who made it into the United States Um, going from assaulting women in Mexico to assaulting an elderly man in Missouri. And uh, at this point, you might wonder what all of those states that I have just listed have in common. Georgia, uh, New York, Missouri, Nebraska. Oh, that's right. None of them are on the southern border. None of them are on the southern border. You have the Utah Democrat Party, who is currently running hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of ads saying that Utah doesn't need to participate in border enforcement because it's not close to the border. You have Indiana Democrats who are lambasting Governor Holcomb because he sent down like 50 National Guardsmen to the border. Oh, Indiana's not a border state. Why are we wasting our time with this, guys? I hate to break it to you. I really do. But when people are being murdered by caught and released illegal immigrants in Georgia, in New York, in Nebraska, in Missouri, those aren't southern border states, but they are affected by border policy. If I have to write it out any more clearly for you, we'll put it this way. Your state is a border state. I don't care if you're in Alaska. I don't care if you're in Montana. I don't care if you're in Connecticut. Every single state is a border state because in the United States, we have free interstate travel, which means that you don't get stopped at the border of Texas into Arkansas. Unless you're bootlegging and, you know, it's Smokey and the Bandit. People don't stop individuals and look for their immigration papers when they're traveling through state to state. Which means, those of you here in the heartland may be aware, we have a lot of interstates. And some of those interstates just happen to be major transportation arteries of the country, which guess what? That means those illegal immigrants that are violent, that are murderous, are here. So first of all, you need to carry every one of you out there that is listening to this, whether on the live stream. I don't care if you're listening to this four months from now and you stumbled across this due to some kind of rogue YouTube algorithm. Carry. Go get trained. Go buy a handgun and carry. Learn to concealed carry responsibly because you do not know when you might come into contact with an individual who is high off his mind on fentanyl, shout out to George Floyd, and may try to assault you. And so perhaps, perhaps it might behoove you to defend yourself and your family. Because uh, even if you are uh, complained about later on social media because, you know, like Kyle Rittenhouse, you shot a man who was swinging a skateboard at you, guess what? We well, are not dead. 
Go ahead. Call me mean. Call me mean. Terrible. I'm sorry. I'm not asking anyone to fire any rounds at pregnant women crossing the border or elderly men. I'm talking about the 25 year old men who are crossing the border who are not the traditional Catholic kind of family oriented individuals from Hispanic culture that has such a wonderful place in Midwestern and the United States culture at large. I'm talking about individuals who are known affiliates of Central and South American gangs, Iranian nationals, Chinese nationals, who are suspected of child trafficking, drug trafficking, rape, larceny, looting, murder, everything else under the sun, and you just let them into the country because it would be really cruel or, or as President Biden puts it, it really wouldn't be feasible or logical to deport 25-year-old men uh, from the United States. Oh, and just so you don't say I'm making this up, here's the president saying that just a few weeks ago. On the border, why is the border more overwhelmed under your watch, Mr. President? Because there are three countries that are never have, there are fewer, there are fewer immigrants coming from Central America and from Mexico. This is a totally different circumstance. What's on my watch now is Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. And the ability to send them back to those states is not rational. You could send them back and have them wait. We're working with Mexico and other countries to see if we can stop the flow. But that's the difference. Thank you. Did, did you catch that? Oh, it would be irrational to send them back. Here, here's how you send them back. I'm, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. What you do is you put troops at the points of entry. And then between the points of entry, those long stretches of land, you put up some kind of a barrier, whether it's a wall, whether it's razor wire, like every other civilized country on Earth that borders a failed state that is an active threat to its citizens. You put some kind of a barrier so that individuals who want to cross into your country are discouraged. This is what that uh, city councilman from Indianapolis, Jesse, whatever, doesn't understand. Um, when you see razor wire, the first thought that enters your head is not, hey, I should walk through that. I don't care how many pairs of Carhartts you're wearing, guys. You're not getting through several large strands of razor wire. And by the way, the point of those things is to slow you down so that if you are that dedicated to cross the border illegally, the United States can then apprehend you because you better have a good reason for not wanting to cross at a point of entry. And by the way, I'll tell you guys a little bit of a secret. At the points of entry, these places where there are these like really nice gates that let you into the country, the guard walks up to you, you sit down and you explain why you're entering the, entering the United States. You can do this thing called legal immigration. It's really incredible. And during the Trump administration, we had this policy called stay in Mexico, which meant that until you are approved to enter the United States, we have these really cool office buildings in Mexico where you can go in Mexico and say, hey, I want to go into the United States. And then we ask you why. And guess what? It is the right of the United States to ask you why you want to come here. Because people on the left say, oh, you, you don't want any you know, doctors from India or pregnant women from Mexico or like old Catholic grandmothers. I have no problem with those individuals coming to the United States. I do have a problem with former or active gang members from MS-13, the Sinaloa cartel and whatever Venezuelan gulag spit up breakfast this morning and is now crawling across the border to threaten rape and murder upon American citizens. Because you know what? Not everyone's going to be carrying and as the nursing student in Georgia found out, Biden's administration policies have severe consequences. And now what does her family do? 
Policies have consequences. And this do-good, wonderful idea where we all pretend all cultures are the same and really people just have bad circumstances and nobody's bad. Guys, rapists and murderers are bad. That's it. That's, That's the whole sentence. And if you can't figure that out, I don't know what to do for you. Well, speaking of people I don't know what to do for, uh, congressional hopeful Gabe Whitley, Indiana's very own George Santos, who is up to his neck in quite a bit of doo-doo. We're going to be talking to Rob Kendall about that next. Stick around. This is the Tony Kinnacast here on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Tony Kinnett Cast here on 93 WIBC. If there's one thing that Rob Kindle and I have in common, other than being devilishly handsome, married to beautiful women, uh, that is our absolute hatred for the hypocrisy that sometimes leaks through, sometimes gushes through like a dam bursting forth from individuals claiming to be Republicans. Well, the focus, of course, regarding Indiana Republican shenanigans this week comes from Gabe Whitley, uh, who is basically the George Santos of Indiana. Rob, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going great, Tony. Uh, Tony, thanks for having me. It's a genuine pleasure because you and Abdul have kind of a history with this Gabe Whitley character who's running for Congress and used to be running for mayor. Tell us a little bit about your experiences with this Gabe guy. So, yeah, so we sued Gabe in 2022 in regards to comments that were made on the Kendall and Casey show Facebook page. And that went on uh, for over a year. And oh, hold on, that- you, you've already you've already glossed over important details. What were these comments that he made? Did he just call you a big meanie face? Well, someone, we still don't know exactly who, and and we'll get to that maybe here in a little bit, uh, compared me or called me a pedophile. And so we sued uh, Gabe Whitley, as well as a person by the name of Spencer McDaniel and the Young Conservatives of Southern Indiana in regards to those comments that were made. Because you can't uh, just go and say, hey, this person is a sexual offender. You kind of need proof before you ruin someone's life over those kind of allegations. Right. So that worked its way through the the court system. Ultimately, Gabe was dismissed from the lawsuit. But throughout that process, we began looking at who Gabe was and kind of what he had been doing. And there became some major issues in regards to these campaign finance reports that he had made, both when he was a candidate uh, for the mayor of, of Evansville. Um, and then obviously now he's running in the seventh congressional district as a Republican against Andre Carson and, uh, full disclosure, my wife deserves all the credit. She spent countless hours digging into these campaign finance reports and found some very concerning things that ultimately resulted in a very in-depth article in the Indiana Capital Chronicle. Um, and I'll tell you what, this is a, this is, this is probably the biggest story in a very long time in Indiana politics and government. 
Absolutely. We're on here with Rob Kendall talking about Gabe Whitley. And this is where I will, will go ahead and pick up the baton and say that I've been doing some looking into this individual as well for about a year now, because I had received some reports entirely disconnected from you and from Abdul of this guy who was running for Republican office and was getting some very weird donations. And I'm just going to go over a few of these so that you're not liable for whatever is this coming out of my mouth. We're talking about uh, donations in the thousands that are coming from the same addresses and addresses that don't exist. We're talking about after he was sued for uh, calling you and Abdul pedophiles, uh, he shifted the blame onto the social media manager individual that does not exist. The Spencer McDaniel individual does not exist on the face of this earth. He's never existed. I have not been able to find a county in the state of Indiana that can confirm he exists. I have not been able to find a county in the state of Texas, which is where Gabe shifted his address to, according to the IP address results. And no one there knows that he existed. So Gabe is very much trying to do a Shawshank Redemption invent a figment because he's made some serious boo-boos and it may not just be a civil lawsuit that's coming for his fat neck now. So, uh, Kendall, why don't you tell us a little bit more about some of the complaints filed against the Mr. Gabe Whitley? Yeah. So again, my wife filed complaints with the FEC, the Federal Election Commission and the Indiana Election Division over some of these issues that you've talked about. These are donors that can't be found. They're donors who uh, on the form you you list, they're listed as things like realtors or doctors. They don't exist in the professional licensing agency. They're addresses that don't come back to specific locations. They're in some cases addresses where the, the property owner doesn't match who he has alleged made the donation. And it's a, a huge, a huge amount of money. I mean, we're talking well over $200,000 that had supposedly been raised. There's also been this issue in regards to um, the political consulting firm that has uh, had money exchanged and, and that doesn't come back to anything or be registered anywhere. So there's just a ton of just a ton of information out there that have, have left every every stone you turn over with this guy, you, you're left with 10 more questions, Tony. And that is what I brought you on the air to tell you, because while I cannot yet share them, I do want to let you know that I have some rather compromising photos that uh, Gabe didn't delete fast enough, some compromising social media posts that Gabe didn't delete fast enough, and some uh, messages shared between individuals that Gabe thought was someone else. See, I can I can play this making up people game too, and I don't have to violate state and federal election laws to do it. Um, it turns out that Gabe also says really stupid and illegal things and admits to certain things in messages. And we'll be sharing a lot of that with you shortly. But what I wanted to get your perspective on here is I've said for a very long time that the Indiana GOP needs to take a greater amount of responsibility in vetting their candidates. And that takes a lot of work. And I, I've argued with people inside the GOP, several county chairs and I have said, well, we don't have time to vet every candidate. I said, you need to make time. You need, And I don't mean vetting is in creating arbitrary vote in this number of primaries in order to run for office. But I mean, when GOPs don't look at who is running in their races, when they don't actually pay attention to the documents that are submitted, the party sets itself up for embarrassment. And as we saw in the George Santos case, that really matters come special election. What do you think? Yeah. So here's what's interesting. Gabe was alleged to have done something very similar in Evansville when he ran for mayor. And Thomas Langhorn of the Evansville Courier wrote a huge piece on this before. That's Gabe what originally Evansville. turned me on to Gabe's shenanigans. Please continue. Right. It's a very similar thing. He moves up here. And again, think about this, Tony. 
if we hadn't sued Gabe, he wouldn't have been on our radar. And it took a mm-hmm. private citizen, my wife, who began digging and spent countless hours digging into this, trying to verify information, trying to verify the verified. And it results in these very large voluminous documents that are now in the hands of the Indiana Election Division and the Federal Election Commission. And you know my wife, you've met her. Uh, She is not a person who seeks glory. She's not a person who seeks the spotlight. She did this because this is a huge concern. There's, you know, this political consulting firm that nobody can track down. In the case of what we've been dealing with with the lawsuit, this guy, Spencer McDaniel, claims he made the post, as you alluded to earlier, not a single solitary person can find or produce this person. Not to mention the IP addresses of Gabe's and Spencer's that are the exact same. So uh, I don't know of many routers that are simultaneously in Indiana in Texas, but please continue. Well, and 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 again, this has been about a two-year process now, or nearly a two-year process for us in, in regards to this lawsuit. And and so you've got a guy who claims he made the post who doesn't exist, a guy who gave money to Gabe in the case of Spencer McDaniel who doesn't exist, a wife who we can't find who who you know apparently doesn't exist. And we've talked to multiple people who know Gabe, run in political circles. Not a single solitary person has been able to produce this Spencer um, McDaniel or his wife. Capital Chronicle did the same thing we did with these reverse Google image searches. The photos are not of him. They're of you know social media influencers. And so you've got a guy, like you said, who who is alleged to have done something similar before. He moves up here. There's this huge expose in the Capitol Chronicle. We've talked to numerous people who were aware of these sort of things. And yet the Marion County GOP is still completely silent on this guy. And the, again, this is, as I said with Jefferson Shreve, you need to i am so tired so 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 tired attorney general rakita gets up and and he says something that indiana republicans don't like and then republicans oh we have to decry this oh this is so bad how could someone you know oh the flagrant misuse of the whatever whatever but then when it comes to these kinds of cases when it comes to the individuals who are campaigning and who change their entire political platform in which a party could directly intervene and say, we do not want you in the party. You are a fraud. You could say that philosophically and ideologically about Jefferson Shreve. You could say that in economic and election law regarding, you know, Gabe Whitley. I'm simply suggesting that Indiana's GOP cannot rest on the laurels of we're going to be fine if we just sit back and relax forever. If you actually want to bring people through elections, you have to hold your own party accountable, not just when the indie star is shoving a microphone in your face. Yeah. And and here's, I think, you know, one of the other things that is just really, really concerning about all of this is that this guy could be the nominee for Congress. He's mm-hmm. on the ballot right now. Yeah. I mean, he very easily could be the Republican nominee for Congress running against Andre Carson. And yet there's complete silence. The other thing that's very concerning about this is the amount of very high profile politicians Gabe is photographed with sometimes on multiple occasions. People like Todd Rokita, people like Diego Morales. He runs the grassroots page that I checked is not affiliated with Todd Rokita. Like we don't know who this guy is. We never heard of that. We've never heard of this page, but Gabe added me to this Todd Rokita page. That's one of the ways that I scalped his profile, but please continue. 
Well, I mean, you've got the Secretary of State, Diego Morales, who's photographed with this guy multiple times. Like we said, Todd Rokita. I mean, there's photos of, of Suzanne Crouch. I think Mike Braun. There's all these high profile politicians mm-hmm. in Indiana who are photographed with this guy who are going to have egg all over their face and explaining to do when all this ultimately comes out. And nobody's getting ahead of this. I mean, the Capitol Chronicle had a huge expose on this guy. They dug mm-hmm. for over a month on this guy. And yet there's no response from anybody in the Indiana GOP. There's no response from the Marion County GOP. There's no response from any of these politicians. And uh, look, with the seriousness of the things Gabe is alleged to have done, this is not going away. It's very, very serious stuff. And yet it's complete radio silence from the Republican Party. And that's going to have to change. Otherwise, you're going to keep getting candidates like this. You know, again, God knows if if he's willing to, you know, violate federal and state law regarding some parts of the election, who's to say that a certain individual might not also violate other parts of state and federal election law regarding the primary. Those are just concerns that I have, you know, start making up ballot names instead of ballot donations that just, again, some of the concerns that people need to keep in mind regarding unchecked cases of parties ignoring really awful garbage, trash tier, pathetic candidates. Think about his response over the past week since this article came out. If you had these donors, wouldn't you be out there saying, no, here's where you find this person. Here's their phone number. Here's the person who gave me these thousands of dollars. Here's my best friend or one of my best friends, Spencer McDaniel. Here's where you find him. None of that has happened. His only response has been to attack me, attack my wife, and attack uh, Abdul. And that should say a lot to people. The reason, the number one reason that the Indianapolis public school system never released a public statement making a claim that any of my statements were false is because they knew I had 54 hours of footage squirreled away, ready to disprove anything that came out of their mouth and calling me a liar. Gabe is particularly silent, and I don't see, you know, Spencer McDoofus coming up from Texas to do anything the figment of his imaginary friend nonsense. Rob, thanks for hopping on. We're going to cover this more because you and I are nowhere near done with this goober. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to the Tony Kennett Cast on 93 WIBC. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Tony Kennecast. A few closing thoughts here this evening as we take two steps back and look at some of the media coverage because uh, I woke up this morning um, looking through some of the news headlines that I wasn't able to get to while I was down covering uh, that conference just outside of Nashville. And one of the things that caught my attention is a little media flag that we do uh, at least in the organization today, the segment that I work for, when there hasn't been a headline that has been updated in a while. So if there's an ongoing investigation, if answers are promised at some point, like, for example, the situation regarding Maui recovery, um, I flag certain things for updates and set a timer. So if I don't hear anything back, that's kind of suspicious because uh, a lot of individuals try to move past uh, some kinds of controversy 
by just ignoring it and hoping that it goes away. And it looks like in the case of the Kansas City shooter, um, where we heard all about this, there was a post uh, Super Bowl parade in Kansas City and there were gunshots that rang out and there were nine children that were injured. Thank God none of those children passed away. Um, And there was all of this hubbub and two uh, black individuals were arrested and that's all we heard about it. And the reason that I clarify the color of the shooter is because when the media reports on a white individual who does the shooting immediately without fail, white supremacy, boom, right out there. Every single headline from MSNBC to the Indianapolis Star talking all about all the political affiliations and scouring if the individual maybe has ever liked a Donald Trump tweet. And oh, my God, it's the end of the world. But uh, then when the shooter doesn't fit that kind of a narrative, they fade from memory. And here we are yet again. And by the way, they still have not officially released the uh, trans manifesto from the Nashville Covenant Christian school shooter, um, the individual who shot up a bunch of people, uh, again, angry at Christians, according to some of the pieces of the manifesto that was leaked uh, nationally. And now we have a situation in which it looks like there was some kind of a family or perhaps a gang confrontation that got out of control. Something that does happen more frequently than not in two communities, in the kind of rural white communities of Appalachia and the Deep South, and in inner city communities. You get situations in which things can't be resolved in the way that, I guess, upper middle class people resolve them, which is, I guess, suing them for no reason. And instead, you you pull out the guns and, and start blasting. And that appears to be what happened here at Kansas City, you know. I gotta say, it doesn't sound very white supremacist to me, so of course it's not making the media headlines. And I I would like to really bring that forward with a particular point. That being that when Chaya Ryshik, the owner of Libs of TikTok, writes a tweet that reposts an individual's very weird and usually sexually obscene TikTok video where they talk about how they are looking forward to encouraging sexual behavior in children uh everyone freaks out and says that chaya reishik is a stochastic terrorist inciting bomb threats but the moment that there are venezuelan illegal immigrants running around killing nursing students and beating police officers getting out on a zero dollar bails and then escaping to california uh the minute that Uh, There is a shooting that doesn't fit the traditional white supremacist shooter narrative or, you know, the minute that there's yet another string of a dozen handgun uh, violent crimes that are not following the gun laws of Chicago over the weekend, then the media is suddenly quiet and we're not really drawing connections between policies anymore. And, you know, we're not exactly drawing all of these weird red yarn on a detective board conclusions. And you might wonder why. Now, a lot of Americans don't wonder why. They just simply don't trust media anymore. When I am asked why I think that conservative media and uh, independent kind of citizen journalism is rising or has been rising over the last five to seven years, the answer that I give is not because, well, the right has more money because it doesn't and it never has. 
The reason that these movements are growing is because individuals have recognized that the television stations, for example, which whether they say they are Fox 59 or, you know, WTHR by NBC or, you know, CBS 4, that they're all parroting the same kind of junk and their investigative journalists and reporters aren't really asking any questions about national issues. It seems they're only asking one kind of person when they cover the state house or Congress, and then they move right on to the cute fuzzy segment afterwards. Well, here we're going to give you the quick news roundup and the culture that follows whether they like it or not. So keep sticking around. Thanks very much for tuning in. This has been the Tony Kinnicast on 93 WIBC. See you tomorrow. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.